Hello and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show. Coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today is day two with our dear friend, Michael Snyder. Our co-hosts today are Mondo De La Vega and Marcella Woodall. And now, live from Gray Street at Morningside, USA, here are your hosts and my parents, Pastors Jim and Lori Baker. Thank you, Ricky Baker. Welcome, everyone, to our show today. Yes. We have back with us one of the great prophets of our day, Michael Snyder, all the way from his mountain hideaway. <laughs> and uh, they call you a conservative political and economic commentator. Is that a good description of you? Is one description, Pastor Jim, and I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, I'm a... You know, I'm all sorts of different things, and people call me all sorts of different things. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm just Michael. I'm a servant of the living God. I'm trying to win souls while I still can. Amen. Amen. Now, you have you have a uh, website called the Economic Collapse Blog. How's that doing? Oh, it's doing very, very, very well. You know, people from all over the world uh, tune into all of the websites. And then I just started up a new newsletter so people can get my material in their email box as soon as I publish it from all my websites. It's michaeltsnyder.substack.com. And that newsletter has been only up for just over a month, Pastor Jim. It's already been read by people in 60 different countries in just over a month. And I love that. I love to uh, touch people. I'm touching people in, in South America, Africa, and India just from that newsletter. And then, of course, my articles are republished all over the globe yeah. on some of the biggest websites like Zero Hedge. An article that was posted on Zero Hedge yesterday got over 100,000 views, just that article. So I praise God that he's taken someone like me who was nothing and nobody, and he's given me a platform to literally touch people all over the planet to spread the message of the end times, the soul-winning message of the end times to a lost and dying world. And if he can use me, he can use you. You know, because if he can use me, he can literally use anybody. Now, you were a lawyer in Washington, D.C. What made you decide to leave D.C.? Well, you know, I was. I was in D.C. many years ago, over a decade ago, and I was working right on K Street. You know, and so you think if you're going to impact the world, that's a great place to do it. But at that time, I, you know, I was working as an attorney, but I was at the lowest of the low in terms of the, the food chain, in terms of uh, the law firm. And I was doing work that was utterly meaningless. And I saw everything that was going on in the world around me. And I thought, what can I do? Nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares who I am. But I started writing. And at first, you could have measured my audience with a microscope. It was so small. But I kept at it. And that's the key for people. People need to understand you've got to keep going. So I kept going, and ultimately the audience grew and built, and God took me and my wife out of there and eventually brought us to the mountains in the middle of nowhere, where you think, you're in the middle of nowhere, what, how, what are you going to do? But from here, we're literally touching people all over the planet, having a bigger impact than ever before, and I, I praise God for that. Amen. You know, I'm in the middle of what people would say is nowhere, too. We're up here in the, what, what do you call these mountains, Lori? They, they call them the Ozark Mountains, but yeah. I call them hills. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from the Rockies, so those are It's not mountains. Rocky Mountains, but we're, we're in the Ozark Mountains. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're in a very, very quiet place. And 
I believe God has brought us here yes, to amen. be ready for the end times. Thank you, Lord. And I, I, I feel like God's going to be bringing more and more people. I, we need prayer warriors here. We need volunteers here that will help us to make it through the perilous times yes. that are coming soon on earth. Amen. And, uh, Marcel, we have uh, lots for sale now yes. here at Morningside. We just... Yes, they just got, them. that's right. We just surveyed out some of the lots down in our peaceful valley. And so what a beautiful place to live. There's already cabin homes that have been built there. But we have about 30 lots, Dad, that right now have just been surveyed out and are ready for those who feel led to come and be a part of Morningside and everything that God's doing. And so right now we've been able to work on that. We're so excited. We're seeing people move to the community, move to Morningside, all in this region Every single day, we're watching people come here yeah. to be a part of what God's if, doing. If if somebody would just like to invest in one of the lots, yes, they would be like giving to the ministry because we That's own right. the land. Yes, and it's and it has water and sewer on it. Yes, and it'd be something where they could build a, a cabin for the you know last days. Yes, absolutely. And the key in the last days is going to be around like-minded people, Amen. people who love God. That's right. People who, and then there'll be services here, and there's so much to do here. Yes. And, uh, you know, we have a church here. Yes. We have prayer meetings here. We have Friday nights. There's, yes, it's, there's it's movie Christian night. movie well, night. And you know what's amazing? Even Street yesterday, right Dad, I don't think I even had a chance. To, I'll tell you on the show. Yesterday, we got a call, and a church called us, and they said, we have six pallets of chicken and beef. Would your church like it? And so we went, pastor, our pastor, he is always, I love our pastor, Joe. He's amazing. Boots on the ground. He went and loaded it up and our community came together. We were able to promote it to everyone in this region. Cars were coming, picking up their food. But those opportunities, those are the blessings of God that we get to be a part of yeah. to help feed the community. We receive bread donations, egg donations, produce. And so God has blessed this ministry in so many ways to be able to go into the outreach. We are an outreach family. We are a product of outreach, of people going outside of themselves. Mom, you went outside of yourself to reach into my life, you know, and so to see how God is providing for this ministry to be able to outreach and to meet the needs of the people. But that was exciting. I'm like, those are exciting moments when you're able to get that call to say, hey, we have food. And the answer is always yes. We'll take it. We believe yeah. in being hands-on to meet the needs of our community. You know, and and here's the thing: it was it, it came through through email. So yes. of course I saw it. I I was so excited to you know I'm working at the house, so excited to see the email come through. So you know anyone in the community here or anybody, if you're around, you need to sign up and uh, on the email. Yes. Email, it, yes. so we, you can get those email blasts. That's and, right. And everyone needs to. Yes, absolutely. Bishop Ron Webb is is our missions director. Yes. And he has contacts with the food manufacturers. That's right. So every few weeks, we we just have loads of food come in here, and we distribute it to all throughout the mountains. But everybody that lives here can take all the food they yes. want. And you know what I love, Dad, is so many of them, too, who do live here, they take the food, and then they go out. So even like Linda, she's like, you know, I went and started knocking on my neighbor's doors and giving them food. And do you know how that ministered to people when they're in need? We never know 
how someone might be in need in that very moment. And when God blesses us, then we're able to go out and bless others as well. And so to just see that community coming together, I say we have missionaries. Those who live here on this property, they are missionaries. They That's go right. outside of this community to the, reach those who are in need. And the people living here, they're planting gardens yes, this year. Yes, yes. And, and our community gardens. Yes. I just talked to the um, one of our leads who's helping us. She's amazing. She lives here on the property. Miss Deb, she helps run camera. She volunteers to run camera as well. But she is helping me to coordinate gardens and with Dane and Janet to put gardens here at Morningside where we can eat. We can learn how to grow our own food. You know, we can help also to provide that option to our community. And so it's exciting to see what God's doing. And we're taking, I, I truly believe, Dad, you, re- you wrote one of the greatest books, The Refuge. If you have not read that book, I believe that's for every pastor, every leader who has a congregation, every individual who is just truly leading in their own communities. But you gave us the roadmap in The Refuge, the book you wrote, about what it would look like in the end times, how the church would come together, and it would be the power of the church that would overcome the things of the end times. And so there's gardening. You you talk about gardening. You talk about preparedness, water, all the things that a church would need to be able to make it and stay alive in the end times. Together we can do it. Yes. And this week we really need financial help. We just pray that you will send your gift in this week that you'll send your monthly gift in. Yes. Uh, that makes us able to stay on the air. Yes. And we have some, our greeting cards, which I think are the most be- beautiful greeting cards in the world. They're paintings from yes. Joseph Wallace King, one of the greatest painters of all times. Yes. And we had these made, asked him to paint them probably 30 years ago. And they're beautiful. Yes. And we have, they're in a box. Yes, this is the Master's Art Series collection here. These are greeting cards. Each one, there's four different greeting cards included in the Master's Art Series. Come unto me, you without sin, Jesus and the children, and young Jesus and his mother Mary. And so there's four different cards in here. Each one, when you open it, it has the scripture on one side and then a blank side where you can write a greeting and send that to a loved one. But we are asking right now for you to partner with us. You know, we want to, you know, Dad, we always talk about this behind the scenes. We will continue to say yes to God. We will always say yes to God as long as he allows and provides. But God provides through the people. We know that. So we continue to pray that God will meet your needs so that you can then pour and sow into this ministry to help us to continue to bring the guests that we bring, to help us to continue to warn the nations who watch this broadcast, to help lead the pastors that are tuning in every every single week as they lead their congregations. And so we are asking even now, you know, if you can give a love gift of any amount, some might be able to do a $100 love gift to the ministry who are helping to prepare you spiritually. And we're asking if you can give that love gift of any amount, we want to send you this special offer today. And you can call our toll-free number 1-888-988-1588. Or you can also do your giving at jimbakershow.com. But when we all do something together. Thank you. Please do it. We need to hear from you. Yes. It's getting harder and harder to stay on the air. And 
all hell wants to stop the message of the gospel. There's very few bringing together the speakers and guests that we bring together right. on this show in the world today. Yes. And Michael Snyder's one of them. Yes. And Michael is bold. Michael, I was going to ask earlier, but how did they get to the Economic Collapse blog? How do you... How do they go to your blog? The kids well, there's a couple ways you can get to it. You can go right to the address bar in your browser and type in theeconomiccollapseblog.com, or you can go to your Google search engine and type in economic collapse, and it'll be the first result that comes up in your Google search results, and it'll take you right there. So the, there's a couple ways uh, that you can do it. Do you have to have an app to get there? Oh, no, just uh, any web browser on the Internet. You can uh, just any, any, any device that has the Internet can uh, take you there. Because uh, you, your new book is what, the End Times book? The, your End Times book is, how is that doing? Oh, it's been doing extremely well, been very, very well received. Um, because people ask me, Michael, how do we know that we're in the End Times? More specifically, how do we know that the tribulation is about to start. You said before, years ago, you said, it's not about to start. Now you're, you've changed your tune. Well, I, can you explain that to me? Well, in my new book, there's 43 chapters. You know, I put more information in a book than I've ever put into any book before. And that's, you know, it, it takes a long time to explain it, 43 chapters. But once people are done with the book, they're like, of course, of course, we're in the end times. Of course, the tribulation's about to start because there's a lot of confusion in the church world today. A lot of people are saying, well, Jesus might not come back for decades. We might have 30, 40, 50 years left. No, we don't, you know, and I, I show it in the book. So I encourage people to get that book, read it in conjunction with the other books. Um, and I'm actually hope to share something today that I plan to put in my next book. It's not even any, uh, any of my books yet because people are interested in timelines. They're interested in you know, uh, is the hour late? Are things going to happen? Yes. And the Bible tells us these things, but, but most people don't understand. On yesterday's broadcast, we talked about the, the, really the financial collapse. And you believe that America's finances are collapsing. We're, we're so in debt that, you know, they're talking about that, you know, we won't be able to pay our bills in a few more weeks. But do you believe this credit crunch is going to be one of the biggest stories of the next wait, six months or so? Well, I do, Pastor Jim. I believe that is going to be an absolutely enormous story because it's going to affect every all of us. Because, you know, unless you're independently wealthy, if you uh, want to buy a home, you've got to get a mortgage. If you want to sell a home, you know, the people buying it have to get a mortgage. If you want a vehicle, you got to get an auto loan. You know, we go to the stores, we use our credit cards. Or if you own a business, you got to, you know, get a, 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 for example, if you have a daycare, I read the other day about a woman couldn't expand her daycare. Uh, this was in the Washington Post. She went to the banks and they refused her. You know, they said, no, we're not lending you any money. So she can't expand her daycare, you know, because that's what's happening out there. And if, if businesses can't get money, then they can't uh, uh, run the, and expand their businesses. So this is happening all over the country because banks are scared. Banks are failing. And just like in 2008 and 2009, when banks start to fail, they get scared. They get real tight. And they're like, we're only going to uh, lend to those that we know for sure are going to pay us back. And so what this does is mean there's less credit flowing in our, our system and uh, and, and people start pulling back. And so 
what this is going to cause is going to cause economic activity to really start to slow down. And as economic activity slows down, we're going to see a spike in layoffs. And, and more specifically, uh, we're going to see, um, uh, you know, we're already seeing large companies all over America lay workers off. Um, we're, uh, uh, in fact, according to Challenger Gray and Christmas, in the first three months of this year, the number of layoffs was 376% higher than during the first three months of uh, last year. So we've seen a dramatic increase in job cuts and layoffs. And then this month, things have accelerated. I, I just, I posted an article about 16 large companies that have decided to uh, start laying off workers. 16 large companies uh, that are laying off workers. Um, that's this month. And that, that, that isn't even included in the 376% figure that we just did. And so we're seeing companies uh, like Google and Microsoft layoff workers and Amazon and Walmart and McDonald's and the list goes on and on and on in terms of big companies. Um, uh, just today, Shopify announced uh, layoffs. So we've got all these companies that are laying off. It's showing on the screen there, Deloitte and Gap and Ernst & Young and 3M and CDW, David's Bridal, Dropbox and Red Hat and Open Door and First Republic and Facebook. Uh, you know, and the list goes on and on and on, Pastor Jim. So we've, we've got all these big companies conducting mass layoffs, thousands and thousands of workers. Meanwhile, the Biden administration tells us, don't worry, everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. You can believe them if you want, but if you believe them, I've got a giant bridge on the West Coast that I'd like to sell you. Yeah. Do you believe America's headed for a crash? Yeah, yeah. Our economy, our finances, and, and ultimately the entire global system because the United States of America is the hub of the whole global economy. So uh, economic activity is slowing down right now in China uh, pretty dramatically. Europe is having uh, economic issues. We're seeing a slowdown all over the world. And so, yeah, um, America, and, and see, one of our idols, one of the things that we worship is money and the stock market and our wealth. That's one of our idols. That's one of the things we worship. Yeah. It's one of the things we put our trust in and that's one of the things that's going to start to crumble. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. It's not going to all be overnight. But ultimately, this idol, this thing that we put our trust in, is going to crash. It's going to crumble, ultimately be completely destroyed. And it's going to greatly humble it. And it ultimately, it's one aspect, one piece of the puzzle of the overall judgment of America. You know, there's some preachers that believe the United States is mystery Babylon. And... You know, with the love of money and New York has been a hub. Do you feel like in your studies that America could be mystery Babylon? Well, there's a lot of parallels there because, you know, we, we're a, a vast nation. We sit on many waters, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Gulf of Mexico, and then we're we're very wealthy. We've got we uh, the, you know the Book of Revelation talks about trade and so forth. We've got vast trade, and then ultimately, uh, Mystery Babylon will uh, will be destroyed, and there will be fire, and there will be judgment, and we see that in the Book of Revelation. Now, in Revelation 17 and 18, I, I actually believe it's talking about uh, uh, someone else, not the United States. So 
if you disagree with me, that's okay. You know, it's okay. We can disagree about these things. That's all right. You know, so people out there say, no, I believe America's mystery Babylon. That's okay, because ultimately we agree that at the end, there's judgment that comes and there's destruction uh, that comes. So at the end result, we both agree on. Uh, but uh, ultimately, the United States is headed for destruction, judgment, war. And one of the elements of this, Pastor Jim, is that uh, we've talked about in the last program, war with Russia is coming. I've been warning about this for years and years and years, long ago. I've also been warning about for years and years, war with China is coming. And now in recent months, as war talk about war with China has been reaching a fever pitch, a, a four-star general recently said he thinks we're going to be at war with China in 2025. Uh, members of Congress are talking about it. As that talk has been escalating, we've seen this massive surge in migrants from China coming over, over our southern border, particularly into Texas. In fact, according to Fox News, there's been a 900% increase in migrants from China. Now, if you watch the footage from Fox News or other news channels, you'll, you'll notice something very unusual about these migrants coming from China because they're almost all men, and almost all these men are of military age. Okay, so that should ring a huge alarm bell. Now, when they're, a lot of them are not caught, a lot of them come over, they're never detected, they're not caught. But those that are caught, you won't believe what they're doing to them, Pastor Jim. So they come over, our authorities detain them, they say, oh, I'm from China, okay. So they process them, they give them a notice to appear some months later in court. Of course, the vast majority of those, uh, in terms of all illegal immigrants, are ignored. They never show up in court. So they're, they're processed. They're given this notice to appear. And then they're released freely into the United States to do whatever they want. Because the Biden administration says, oh, we have no more room. The migrants are overflowing our facilities. There's no more room to, to put anybody so we've got to let them into the country, which I say, no, if people come here illegally, you don't let them in. It's madness, but this is what they're doing. They give them a notice to appear. They let them into the country. So we've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Chinese men of military age, which are being freely released into our country to do whatever they want. Meanwhile, there's talk of war. There's uh, incredible tension over Taiwan, over yeah. the South China Sea. The Chinese openly say, uh, President Xi Jinping is openly saying, we need to prepare for war. Who are they preparing war for war with? The United States. And, but we're letting Chinese men of military age just come in and do whatever they want. Pastor Jim, we're literally committing national suicide, and this is just one way that we're doing it. That's right. Is the China people coming across the border do you think this is part of Chinese plan to infiltrate the United States from within? Because they're buying farmland in our country. They're, they're, they're buying land next to our bases. Uh, do you think these are spies that are coming across the border with the, this increase of the Chinese people coming across the, the, the southern border? Uh, it's potentially could be spies. Of course, the Chinese already had the most advanced and sophisticated spy network uh, of anyone, of any of our enemies, including Russia. The Chinese have a vast 
network all over the country. In fact, a member of Congress was outed as actually sleeping with a Chinese spy. So, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. So they, they don't necessarily need more spies. It could be that they, these are, 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 since are men of military age, they could be special forces. They could be regular military. They could be anything. The point is we don't know. The point is we shouldn't be letting them in, especially at a time when, you know, it looks like we could potentially have a war with China. So, it, but the Biden administration, it seems like everything they touch goes wrong. Every decision they make is foolish. But this is where we are at in our society. We're literally self-destructing in thousands of different ways. One more question is about that. Could these Chinese coming across, could they be part of, of terrorism in the country? Oh, definitely they could come in and, and conduct terror attacks and, and, and they, they could, and especially when the time is right. If there is a war, well, all of a sudden, if they have thousands of people in pre-position to hit power plants, take down the power grid, hit uh, critical infrastructure, hit military sites, polit political leaders, whatever, you know, we don't know. Of course, for years, Islamic people from the Middle East have been coming across the southern border by the thousands, where they could be pre-positioned to conduct terror attacks as well. The fact that we have a, a no border security, our borders are wide open, it is a matter of grave national security concern, but our leaders in Washington aren't doing anything about it. You know, the, we see so much happening in Israel. It's kind of jump subject a little bit. And uh, in the last several days, we've seen increase in rocket fire uh, from Gaza into Israel. Then Israel striking at ammunition sites in Syria. Then a ceasefire. Uh, can I ran, let me run this report from Israel, and then I want you to talk about it. And joining us now for the latest security updates is former head of the military's prosecution office for Judea and Samaria, Lieutenant Colonel Reserves and Attorney Morris Hirsch. Morris, so this was a very brief flare-up of 24 hours in response to the death in prison right. of the Islamic Jihad terrorists. Over 100 rockets fired, Israeli airstrikes in response. Both sides quickly agreed to ceasefire. Did neither side really want this? I'm not sure whether the Palestinian Islamic Jihad didn't want this. I'm sure that Israel didn't want any type of flare-up at all. Um, it's unfortunate, really, that Israel is willing to tolerate this constant flow of missiles um, from the Gaza Strip, from the terrorists there. I have to take into account that every single missile fired is, under international law, the basis for a full-out, full-scale war. Now, the Israeli response to rocket fire was once again um, measured, sort of, with a kind of tit-for-tat. Didn't the rocket fire this time require a more sustained Israeli response? I mean, it wasn't bigger than what we saw lately. Well, I think the understanding needs to be that any rocket that's fired from the Gaza Strip is a rocket that's fired with the full permission of Hamas, whether it be Palestinian Islamic Jihad or Hamas, both are terrorist groups, firing uh, rockets, and therefore, again, as I said, in order to provide the security for Israel's civilian population who are being indiscriminately targeted by these missiles, something much more massive needs to be done by Israel in order to eliminate these terrorist uh, um, cells and, and, the, and the entire terrorist infrastructure. We see the terrorists building up not only missiles, weapons, attack tunnels, while all the time complaining to the world, well, Gaza's under siege 
and Gaza has no humanitarian aid, and the Gazan population suffers from deficiency in labor and everything else. Well, this is because the terrorists are spending their money um, arming themselves in order to uh, murder Israelis rather than providing um, aid for the Gazan population. This is something which, unfortunately, Israel has to deal with on a constant basis. And therefore, once and for all, Israel needs to do something or forever suffer this fate of, of having their citizens indiscriminately targeted whenever the terrorists feel the need to, uh, uh, um, to attack Israel. All of these measures should be considered part of the arsenal of weapons of Israel to use in order to ensure that the terrorists in Gaza understand that it simply does not pay to attack Israel. If you attack Israel, you will suffer. Michael, do you think this is uh, about to erupt into the Sixth Trumpet War? Well, it could erupt at any time. It, it, I don't believe we're at the sixth trumpet because we're not there on the timeline yet. But there is going to be a cataclysmic major war in the Middle East. Uh, and it's not a matter of if, but when it is going to happen. Now, the and much of the focus of that news report was on Hamas. They're in the south. They're at, they become very close allies with Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon. And of course, they're allies with the Syrian government. And of course, ultimately, all of them are allies with the, the big kahuna, which is Iran. And so when a major war erupts, yeah, Israel will be fighting Hamas and Hezbollah and, and Syria. But ultimately, the, the big dog is Iran. There's going to be a great war between Israel and Iran. And they're going to be fighting. And ultimately, the United States will be involved in that war. Uh, in fact, the U.S. just sent uh, aircraft with bunker-busting bombs over to the Middle East as, as a message to Iran. Iran just grabbed a tanker illegally that was headed to the United States. And so, that we're, you know, rockets are being constantly launched back and forth. Hezbollah alone in Lebanon has over 100,000 rockets just in their arsenal. Um, so, I mean, things are, are extremely tense. This could erupt into a major war literally at any time. Um, but this is just one of the wars that the U.S. is going to be involved in. People need to understand. People say, is the United States going to go to war? We could be ultimately in three or potentially four wars simultaneously because you got North Korea, South Korea, which this week was in the headlines. That You got to watch that, too. But then the three big wars of the apocalypse, Israel and Iran, which the U.S. will be involved in. And then, uh, of course, we already talked about U.S. and China, U.S. and Russia, we talked about on the last program. So the Biden administration, very foolishly, has they've been provoking, they've been uh, beating the war drums. Now, we're not literally on the, on the verge of one war. We're literally on the verge of three or four wars we could be engaged in simultaneously, which our military is not prepared for. Our military is not even meeting the recruiting goals. Our military is all involved in political correctness and promoting transgender ideology and all that. Meanwhile, Russia and China and others have been preparing for the coming conflict for a long time. So we don't want even one war, but we could end up in multiple wars simultaneously, Pastor Jim. Wow, that's right. Okay, I have to interrupt right now. because Okay, here's the thing. Michael, I, before our time is up, would you please explain the timeline? We want to know, all of us more than anything want to know what you're saying about the timeline. Yeah, people, you know, when they talk about end times, they love timelines, whether it's, oh, let's look at the seven-year tribulation, let's look at this piece or that piece. 
I'm going to talk about what I call the ultimate timeline. And at first, I'm going to talk about some things that many of you know about. Then I'm going to talk about some things that some of you may know about. And then I'm going to talk about some things that I think are new to everybody. So let's go through this very quickly. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, and we see this all throughout Scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, Peter, uh, we was talking in the midst of, uh, of talking about the end times, he said this, But beloved, do not be ignorant of this one thing. Okay, so he says the one thing don't be ignorant about that the that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day, right? We've heard this before. And now I've previously documented that in the early church, they, they, they took this very literally. They believed this. In fact, all throughout the writings of the early church fathers, they believed that one day is as a thousand years. And that ultimately, just like there's a seven-day week and a Sabbath at the end, they believed, all the early church fathers in their writings, over and over again, they talked about this, that there's going to be 6,000 years of human history, then a millennium, 1,000 years when uh, Jesus reigns from Jerusalem as Messiah. So overall, 7,000 years of human history. Now, in the scriptures, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 46, God tells us, he tells us the end from the beginning. And so, and, and it's true. Ultimately, God has told us about the things in the end times, in our time, from the very, very beginning. In fact, he told us about this if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter one, because I believe, and many others believe, and you may have, many of you may have heard this before, that the seven days of creation reflect the 7,000 years of human history. Not just the, the day of rest at the end, which uh, represents the millennium, but each of the days. So if you go to Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that each of the major events in, in, in human history in that particular millennium is reflected in each day of creation. For example, day one of creation, we see the separation of light and darkness. And what was the big event that happened in the first thousand years of human history? It was the fall of man. Man sinned, light and darkness were separated, fellowship with God was broken. So that's day one. Day two, uh, what, what do we see uh, uh, on day two? Uh, we see, uh, but on day one, let me note this, there's no sun yet on day one. That's important, that'll be important later, okay? Light and darkness are separated, but no sun. Okay, day two, day two, what comes along? The focus is on the waters. And we see the waters and we see a dividing of the waters and ultimately dry land appears. What was the biggest event of day two of human history? Noah's flood. The earth was covered with water. Then ultimately the waters receded, dry land. Humanity gets a second chance through Noah and his family. Day three, what do we read about? We read about the plants and the focus is on the seeds. And the word seed is mentioned several times there in, the, uh, in, in that passage of scripture. Okay, day three, the third millennium of human history, we have Abraham's seed, which would ultimately be the Messiah, but also seed throughout scripture is the word of God. And that's the third millennium is when we got the Torah, the first books of the Bible. And that was in the third millennium. The fourth millennium, we finally get to the creation of the sun and the moon and so forth. But the sun doesn't show up and theologians have been puzzled by this for hundreds of years. Why did it, was the sun created after the plants on the third day? Well, it's because it was prophetic. The reason why we see the sun on the fourth day is because that's the millennium when Messiah came. That's when Jesus came, was born uh, of a virgin, died on the cross, was resurrected, 
That happened during the fourth millennium. The Son of God came in that uh, 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 fourth millennium of human history. The fifth day of, of, of human history, of, of the fifth millennium, the focus is on the creation of the animals and the birds and the fish. And the fifth millennium is when we, the apostles and the disciples became fishers of men and, and, and uh, hunters and the gospel spread and, and went throughout the, the, the whole world, started spread around the entire globe. Then the sixth millennium, on the sixth day, man was created. Man was told to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. And that's what we've seen during the last thousand years. Humanity, the population of the globe, went from less than a billion, way less than a billion, to now about eight billion. We've, we've multiplied, we've taken over the whole world. We have dominion literally over the whole planet. Now the sixth uh, millennium is coming to an end. And then the seventh millennium, the early church fathers said, seventh millennium, Messiah comes. And, and uh, throughout scripture we see that, and it's the day of the Lord where uh, Messiah reigns from Jerusalem for a thousand years, the great Sabbath rest for a thousand years. But the day of the Lord, the seventh day, the seventh millennium comes with darkness and gloominess and great tribulation. We see this all throughout scripture. And that's the period of time we're about to move into. Um, and so, you know, we see this re reflected in the days of creation, but also we don't just see it there. We see it all throughout scriptures, including in the temple menorah. Okay, so now this is a part that a lot of people haven't heard about. If, and and if, if people go on the computer and, and, and the producers can look this up, the Temple Institute has recreated the temple menorah, the menorah that stood in the temple, you know, during the days of, of Solomon and, and the kings of Israel back then. But if you look at the temple menorah, there's seven candles, right? But the, the, all, the, all the other, the six candles on the perimeter are all connected to the middle candle, which is whether you go from left to right or right to left, it's the fourth candle and it's the great light. And that's because the light of the world, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ came during the fourth millennium because the menorah is a prophecy. And so the, the, the light that all the others that are connected to, that all of human history revolves around, that the menorah uh, revolves around is the fourth candle because that's when Jesus came and died on the cross. Now, if this is a prophecy of all 7,000 years of human history, the other candles should have meanings too. So if you look at a picture of the temple menorah, you'll see that the first candle connects with the seventh candle. The second one connects with the sixth and the third connects with the fifth. So there should be some connections that we should be able to dig into and discover, and there are. For example, the first thousand years of human history, paradise was lost. Paradise is restored in the seventh uh, millennium of human history. The second millennium of human history was the greatest apocalypse the world has ever known, Noah's flood. In the sixth millennium, right at the end of human history, will be the seven-year tribulation, the worst period of time in all of human history, a great apocalypse. You look at the third candle. Uh, uh, the third candle on the Temple Menorah, the third millennium, was when we've got the first books of the Bible. Uh, uh, that's when the Torah was given. The Bible was started to be written in the, in the third millennium, then it connects with the fifth millennium, when the Bible was completed. We got the last books of the Bible. 
And then the third millennium was the ministry of the, of the Torah, of the law. The fifth millennium was a ministry of the spirit and started going around the world. So they connected together that way. So we see these, just like they're connected on the Temple Menorah, those periods of time in human history are all connected. So ultimately at our time, looking at our time, you know, uh, as we look at this grand stage, Jesus had to come and die and rise again in the fourth millennium. Uh, and that millennium had to be completed. And then we had to have the fifth and sixth millenniums, 2000 years before Jesus could come back at the end of the tribulation and establish his kingdom for a thousand years uh, for the seventh millennium. So people, you know, if you remember preachers in the 80s and 90s, they would come out and they would tell us Jesus could come back at any moment. No, not enough time had passed you know, from the end of the fourth millennium to the fifth and sixth millenniums had to be completed before Jesus comes back at literally at the very beginning of the seventh millennium to establish his kingdom and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Wow. That's, That's very exciting. Wow. The, the, the Bible is very clear that he, Jesus himself talks about all these things that are going to come on earth. And he says, and after he, the rapture takes place. And, and that's what I find. And so it sounds like you're saying that we will go through some tribulation. Is that right? Yeah, we're going through the entire tribulation, as I discussed in my book, uh, The Rapture Verdict. And so if you understand these biblical patterns, we see literally throughout the entire word of God, and if you, you know, and, and Jesus told us very plainly, Matthew 24, after the tribulation of those days, immediately after, immediately when the sixth millennium ends and the seventh millennium begins, which is immediately after the tribulation, because the tribulation is the last seven years of the sixth millennium. The moment that ends, the moment the, the seven years tribulation ends, the moment the sixth millennium ends, that's when Jesus is coming back. So we are going to be here for all seven years. That means listeners, that means all of you need to be preparing. If you want to stay alive for seven years, you need to prepare for seven years. But the church is not telling people this. The church is not preparing people. They think we're all going to get pulled out of here. We're not going to die. We're not going to be martyred, even though the book of Revelation talks about Christians being martyred. Even though the book of Revelation says we're going to be here the whole time. They're telling people the wrong thing, so people are not getting prepared, and they're not going to be ready to mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually handle what is in front of us. So that's why Jim Baker's show, Your Network, what I'm saying is so important. That's why people need to support what we're doing, because there's not a whole lot of voices that are proclaiming this message. Wow. Yes. Most churches aren't preaching even heaven and hell. Right. They're, most churches aren't even preaching the gospel, let alone warning people that we are going to go through some perilous times. The revelation, uh, you know, and I, I believe we're in chapter six and seven right now, and I want to teach some more about that. And that's why I, I believe God called me. I didn't go to prison because God hated me. I went to prison. He told me he wanted to get to know me more, and he had a lot to teach me, and he taught me. 
I really went through the whole Bible, but he taught me mainly the book of Revelation, and I studied it word by word. Changed my life. And I believe I'm here on television today, and God wants this ministry to grow in the midst of this hellish times. I believe God wants us to give this message out. And, and uh, you know, Michael Snyder is, is a bold man of God who, who has studied and studied. And, and I believe what he's saying is true. And it's time for us to really serve God, to know that Jesus is in our yeah. hearts hmm. and turn away from this wicked world. This world is wicked. Yeah. I don't know how a Christian can be comfortable in this world because I'm not comfortable at all. Amen. The thing world. is, Jim, and Michael, you alluded to it. You said, you know, in the 80s, 90s, whatever. But, you know, those of us that were born and raised in church, okay, from the time I was seven days old, uh, seven days old, all I can remember is that they would always tell us, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. Okay, so guess what? I hope, he, I hope it's pre-trib. Hey, I'd like to get out of here. But you know what? Probably not according to the word of God and to what you studied, Jim, what Michael's just taught us. And to not be prepared, like you said, Michael, spiritually, emotionally, physically. That's why, you know, you've you got to be in good shape. You've got to take care of yourself. You, gotta, you, you have to prepare. We have all the tools to help prepare. And, we, and, and this is what you came out of prison, Jim, preaching this message. Yes, we have all kinds of guests on the broadcast who say, you know, they're pre-tribbers or they're mid-tribbers or they're post-trib, whatever. The thing is, be prepared. That's it. Mondo, at the end of the, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, mm. how many people are killed in, oh, in that? Millions, close to two billion people. Two billion people die in that war. Is that right? Yeah. And disease from the animals and all the things. It's, it's unbelievable, but we're, all, we're already, uh, the horses are riding. We're already in the four horses, the apocalypse. And Michael, I, I'm running out of time, but we'll have to go quickly. But, but the fourth horse of the apocalypse is, is, is disease, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, the bird flu... It's just been in the news. Manu, you and I have been reading about it. It's called uh, H5N1. Mm -hmm. One of the men who reporting on this said it could be the most destructive one ever in history. Have you, ever, have you heard about this, or could you talk about it? Yeah, I recently wrote a major article about it, Pastor Jim. Let me put this in perspective. Matthew 24, Jesus said there would be pestilences in the last days, multiple pestilences. So we had COVID, which was a pestilence, the response to COVID, which has killed even more people. Uh, and then we had monkeypox, created tremendous painful sores on the skin, another pestilence. Now bird flu, which has killed already more than 100 million chickens and turkeys, but very quickly is moved now into mammals. Uh, so bears are getting uh, H5N1 
Well, we're seeing minks get H5N1, other types of mammals. Here in the United States, cats, multiple cats around the country have been getting H5N1. Now, if, if, if it makes the jump to humans, that's a major problem because COVID killed way less than 1% of the people that caught it. Uh, over the past couple of decades, bird flu, H5N1, has killed 53% of everyone that's caught it. So we're talking about something that could be on an order of magnitude far worse than the COVID pandemic. Okay, so we don't want it. Now it's in mammals, and a team of scientists recently conducted a study on ferrets which they discovered that this H5N1, one strain, can move easily from one ferret to another through the air. And the reason ferrets were selected is because ferrets have a very similar respiratory system to humans, okay? So we're just very, very close to it being able to circulate among humans. Now, something that's very interesting about that, Pastor Jim, and here's the punchline, over a decade ago, uh, there were gain-of-function experiments performed on H5N1. They were performed on ferrets. The goal was to create a version of H5N1 which could easily pass from one ferret to another. This research, was, which was conducted in the United States and the Netherlands, was funded by a couple of sources. One of those sources was Dr. Anthony Fauci conducted this gain-of-research gain-of-function research on H5N1, which was successful, which created the strain which could, could pass through the air from ferret to ferret. Now, all of a sudden, a strain of H5N1 has appeared, which can pass through the air from ferret to ferret, pass among mammals, and which means is very close to being able to pass through the air easily uh, from human to human. If that starts happening, and this goes worldwide, the lockdowns, the restrictions, the panic that we saw during COVID, it'll be nothing compared to what we have during H5N1. So we need to keep a very close eye on this because this could, I don't know if it's going to be, but it could potentially be one of the great pestilences of the last days. Yeah. And these are the things that are the poor horsemen of the apocalypse. I know Billy Graham has a, a great book out on it, but it, this is where we are right now, people. And here we see that these things have the possibility, and I've been worrying about this. I've been worrying about all these, these, all these flus and these. The the they called it the Spanish flu, but it was really coming. It came from America, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. 1918 was it? And it's time for God's people to be ready. People say. Well, God hasn't told us all this stuff happening. I don't know. He's told us the whole thing. He's got a book called the Bible. And the Bible tells us in detail. The book of Revelation details the last days. Most churches will not even read the book of Revelation. God called me, set me aside for five years to study that revelation and to tell you to look at it. That is the word for now, people. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look back at Joseph when somebody mentioned him today, but Joseph had to store food. Yeah. And, and they were in good times. Right. 
Can you imagine those people grumbling? What are we going to do giving you more food to put into those storehouses? But I know they were thanking God and Joseph when the famine came. And I'm telling you, we've got to get ready. There's a few believers that understand it because they understand what the revelation says. And Michael Snyder's one of them. And there's, there's preachers who are preaching what is going to happen. We're not going to be taken out right now. I don't see it. We are going up, but we're going up when Jesus comes back for us. Amen. And we're going to heaven to be with him. And if they kill you on earth, we just go to be with the Lord forevermore. And that's why you need to know Jesus yeah. and have him in your heart yeah. and live for him every day. We have prepared food to survive. Nana's preparing our, our, even our people living here, and she has it at her house. She planted a garden at my house, mm -hmm. and we're, we're all farmers this now. We're all <laughs> yes. farming, and we're not digging up our flowers, but we're putting vegetables into where we usually grow flowers. Right, but not everybody has an opportunity. And here's the thing, because they're in condos or they're in an apartment, whatever. So we have food. We have bartering tools. We have packages. This whole new thing that you just set up, none of with, with August, August and Farms. And that's why I want you to go to the website at www. Is the store in there? Yeah. If they go, if they type in what they see on the screen, store.jimbakershow.com, that takes you directly to the store. Or oh. they can go to jimbakershow.com. But the, the name you see there will take you directly to the store. And you click on that August and Farms. They provide the long-term food storage. So these are food that will last you up to 30 year shelf life food. These are preparedness items that you can put away in your pantries. You can use them now, but of course, where we're asking people to prepare and we have the option to provide this long-term food storage that's available right now. We partnered with Augustine, mom, as you said, and what we're doing today is they've put together Baker's Dozen boxes. Baker's Dozen's that's 13 packets of food of a recipe of your choice that you can see there. Um, and they put it in a box and that allows you, you know, dad really said, he's like, I want bartering tools. I want to be able to have people give them the option where we can ha have things that we can barter. But what better than you can eat That's right. these, these foods? And For they're, instance, they're hard. You got buttermilk pancakes, a, a, a box, and uh, there's a dozen, baker's dozen. That's really 13 packets. That's right. Of pancakes in there, mm -hmm. and it's 78 servings of pancakes, and that's for $34.99. Mm -hmm. That's so reasonable. Right. But that's 30 years shelf life. Pancakes, and they're good. <laughs> they are. They are. Come on now. <laughs> Mondo, you've had them, haven't yes. you? Oh, I love them. Yes. Nana? Oh, I bought just the bulk buckets of pancakes just for my kids. For you know, Aren't sweet. they as good as oh, amazing. you get out in the pancake house? But it's, the know. recipes you can make with it is absolutely amazing. And but so, we yes, have boxes now where you can buy some of these and get started. But start putting things away. You're going to be so happy. Mm-hmm. 
You're going to be so happy, even when you go to the grocery stores, buy a little extra cangas. Cangas won't last yeah, very long, that's but, right. you, but get an extra and rush. That's right. And, just, and then rotate, rotate them. them out yes. and keep doing that. But now the big thing I think about for bartering is this the freeze-dried coffee. And yes. it comes in a box of 13 packets. Can you imagine what somebody will give you for a packet? It's, there's 700 in servings of coffee in that box. You ought to get some of that. If you like coffee, get it, and then you can there's use, so use much it like more, money. There's so much more than coffee, though. What about beans and rice and Jesus oh, Christ, yeah. right? Yeah, right, spaghetti Bondo? marinara. Yes. That's what we always said. That's in, in there, spaghetti in the marinara. In the get a bunch of yes. that. And, and then the mac and cheese that the, you, you, anybody that's with right. kids will yes. give you There's anything. There's creamy potato soup, which that's a food which extender. Is great. These it are food sure extenders, is. creamy potato soup. There's the mushroom rice pilaf as well. Um, Dad, like you said, beans and rice. The morning moose milk is also I like an the idea of having these breads. Yes. There's the white wheat option, the wheat bread, and the white bread option as well, but they're ready to go. All mm -hmm. you do is add water to them. So imagine having just something so simple, one packet, you know, you just open it right up, you add the water, follow the instructions, cook your bread. You have the wheat or white bread option. There's 13 packets in a box that you'll receive you when know, you go to the website. The Bible says that bread's going to cost a day's labor yes. in the last day. I'll tell you what, you're going to be thrilled to have these buckets where you can make bread mm -hmm. out of and just put it in and cook it. So it's, it is just terrific. So we're going to tell you more and more of how to survive. But go to the website and start ordering things. Now, we're ordering more and more. We are on high alert at our house, and we're getting ready for something big. And much of it's coming, the beginning of it, this year, people. You don't have to believe me, but you will soon. Please write me. Help me stay on the air. If you believe Jesus is coming, help me to give this warning out. God loves you. Thank you, Michael Snyder. We appreciate And I hope you'll come back real soon. Bye-bye for today. Bye-bye. We love you. Thank you for watching today's program. We need your support now more than ever. Call us today. 1-888-988-1588. That number again is 1-888-988-1588. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support. It's because of partners like you that we can continue to broadcast the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world.